Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Boy, where did the week go? Where did the month go? But uh, we're back, and uh, you're listening to the recorded announcement. I'm, oh, the music went off. That's good. And, uh... Well, some of you hear the music, some of you don't. That's another show, another story. <laughs> anyway, welcome to our regular listeners. Uh, we've got some folks out there that have been listening to us for years. Uh, Nancy Stewart and myself uh, pioneered this uh, thing we call our radio show about 20 years ago. And it was a little station called Seaview Radio, actually the same location, but uh, different owners and different different radio show now. CBU Radio, half-hour show. And uh, what do you think our audience was? Probably a couple dozen people if we were lucky. And all of a sudden, uh, it, it blossomed, it bloomed, and here we are. 21st century. And uh, we've got ourselves a pretty good uh, national, actually international audience. We're here to help you avoid being taken advantage of by car dealers. Um, there's still too many of them out there that do that sort of thing. And uh, that's what makes the show uh, important. Hopefully to you, it is definitely to us. We love it. Uh, you know, I, I hope you can sense it during the course of the shows. That if you're new, uh, you know, you can't fake uh, happiness, I don't think. I mean, I guess, I guess you can fake it, but sooner or later, they're going to figure it out. A lot of people pretend like they're happy. But you know what? I'm, you know people like that. They pretend like they're happy, but they're not really happy. Now, politicians are good at that, and uh, but we don't pretend. Uh, well, maybe a little bit here and there, but uh, uh, I think that uh, you'll see that we really love what we do. Uh, we get a lot of gratification. We get a lot of uh, feedback, and that's really uh, the most important part of this show is you, the feedback. And we can have feedback, uh, audio, on the telephone. Uh, we have... Uh, old-fashioned telephone number, it's 877-960-9960. It's been the same number uh, since back uh, 20 years ago, two decades, 877-960-9960. And uh, we love the phone calls when they come in because they're personal. Uh, they're old-fashioned, but hey, personal can be fun, personal can oh, be good. important, and uh, personalities, uh, um, you just have a whole different feeling when you're one-on-one. -on -one. Unfortunately, in the 21st century in the digital age, uh, people are into texting and a lot of uh, social media, a lot of video. Video is the name of the game. Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, uh, Periscope. Uh, Periscope's kind of down the tube. I keep saying it because it was one of the first very interesting uh, videos out there, and then it kind of faded away. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of turmoil and competition out there in uh, social media land. So a lot of you are streaming us if you... Uh, if you want to just stream us on your PC, you could go to 
www.streamearloncars.com. Pretty simple, streamearloncars.com. And continuing the theme of why this show, I think, is important and why it's maybe more interesting on some shows, is we like to react to you. We like to answer your questions, and we don't want to be combative. I mean, we'll tell you if we disagree with you, but uh, your, your questions are particularly interesting. And I know it's hard for you to, some of you folks to believe me when I say this. I mean, I've been doing this thing called the retail automobile business since 1968. And uh, you think that uh, I had all the answers. Well, I don't. <laughs> I, I, got, uh, I get answers from you. I learn on this show. And Rick Kearney, a guy sitting beside me, uh, he is our mechanical guy, our computer guy, our electronic guy. Our, I'll call him a high-tech. He, you know, he could take a car apart and put it back together. At least he could. I don't, th- I don't know if he could do it today. But yeah. we could take it apart. I mean, you, but you wouldn't take the computer apart. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get down to the microchips, I don't think. But you, would, you could probably take one out if you had to. Uh, anyway, Rick Kearney, he's a certified diagnostic master technician. And what a source of information for you folks out there that are getting tired of having to take your car in uh, for repairs or afraid to take your car in for repairs. Uh, if you're going to buy a car... Then you could call us, and uh, we'd love to get the calls. Or text us at 772-497-6530, 772-497-6530. And our unique source of communication, unique. I don't know anyone that's doing this for the purpose we use it for. There are a lot of blue-chick big, big companies out there like Adobe and uh, I think Amazon, and I'm probably misspeaking on some of these companies, but a lot of very big uh, companies like Google are using a source of feedback from their employees and their customers. Uh, it's called, uh, well, we call it anonymousfeedback.com, and the, the web link is youranonymousfeedback.com. It goes through a scrubbing, cleaning, uh, a privacy uh, uh, that makes it in, impossible to violate, so you can communicate this way with us, say anything you want to, ask us any question, make any comment, and we don't know who you are, where you are, uh, anything about you. And people feel free uh, to, to, to communicate. And we get a little bit of, occasionally we get a kind of a nasty comment, but usually we just get normal comments, don't we, Stu? I mean, we get, uh, we get so many on the anonymous feedback, people just like it. It's a, we, so, we get people on anonymous feedback who don't even want to be anonymous. Yeah, they make it. <laughs> right. They sign they, it. They give their name. So write that down. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Now, Nancy Stewart, my co-host and co-founder of this show, she's got her computer over there, and every time you call us, she'll see it on her screen. And we prioritize your calls at 877-960-9960. Why? It's, it's, it's more personal. I said that earlier. And uh, a lot of people just prefer it. And we want you to be able to communicate with us any way you want to. And that is uh, uh, three or four. I think we got four phone lines coming in. And so if it gets filled up, we apologize. That's the reason we try to pop them right away. So I'll, I'll interrupt myself or we'll all interrupt each other just to have your phone call come through so you don't have to wait on hold too long. So thank you for being patient. Uh, let me uh, introduce uh, Nancy Stewart to the folks who don't know her. Uh, she's very important to this show. She's a very important to half the audience because she's the only female in the studio. And uh, she sometimes feels like the 
Lone Ranger here. I guess what's a what's a female ranger? A rangeress? That was a not a politically correct statement, no, it's, but it's just a ranger. Yeah, just a ranger. Yeah. I like a, a, an actor. Used to be actresses. Now they're actors. Nancy uh, is alone as a female in this audience, in this uh, studio, and she's trying not to be alone uh, with uh, the audience. So she's generated a very large number of faithful, regular female listeners, and. Uh, she has a special offer to incentivize you, if you're female, if you're a woman out there, listen to what Nancy Stewart has to say. I'm going to turn the mic over to Nancy. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. We so appreciate your company every Saturday morning. Why? You're a huge part of the show, very important part of the show, and we love hearing from you uh, as to uh, uh, what, uh, what, whichever way you'd like to get in touch with us and uh, Earl earlier uh, expressed uh, those phone numbers and different ways you can do that. Uh, this morning we have $50 for the first two new lady callers and uh, well in today's climate uh, the $50 can go a long way and uh, it's a win-win situation. We'd love to hear from you and you're also helping me to build the platform here at uh, Earl on Cars. So take advantage of that offer. $50 for the first two new lady callers and uh, gosh we have a wonderful uh, mystery shopping report uh, out of Greensburg, Pennsylvania and uh, this mystery shopping report uh, sort of hits home after I uh, well dug deep and uh, took She's a look a, at the family Pittsburgh girl. Uh, took a look at the family that uh, owns this dealership and uh, they have a, a whole lot in common with uh, Earl Stewart <clears throat> uh, meaning that uh, they too went back as far as 1936 60, and uh, the Mazda dealership uh, uh, was uh, I think uh, opened in 1968 uh, Earl can confirm that later uh, but it is a, a mystery shopping report from Greensburg Pennsylvania and uh, Agent Lightning again what a magnificent job uh, she has done over and over again and uh, what makes this even more interesting is that she travels quite a bit so uh, she's uh, giving us uh, the input uh, to these dealerships all over uh, the United States and of course uh, can't go without mentioning Stu and uh, all of his work that he puts into this mystery shopping report and uh, his eloquent uh, writing so stay tuned for that take advantage of uh, well www.youranonymousfeedback.com take advantage of that and uh, we would love to hear from you and don't forget uh, Earl's Vigilantes uh, you can join us in helping other consumers and uh, people in your community without uh, ado I will take it back to Earl Stewart well thank you very much and uh, we really uh I know, I know we got so many uh, female callers out there that are regulars. Uh, we still are struggling to reach parity, 50-50. And uh, we encourage you, if you've never called the show, uh, pick up a $50 check, and you don't have to do anything other than call in and be a female. And that way, uh, the more the merrier. I, I think I, if I were a female in a male world, I like to go into places where I feel more comfortable. I feel more comfortable where more of my kind, my my sex are in there. If you're a female and, and you have other females around you, it's like priming the pump. So we're trying to prime the pump here to get up to 50-50, male and female. And um, 
I'm going to um, I'm going to start out with uh, my son Stu Stewart, who's our spy master general, um, and he has done a great job of uh, selecting uh, car dealerships that uh, say something. In other words, we instead of just going after all the bad guys, we're searching out. Uh, we're sta we we run a Mazda theme now, and that was a that was a brilliant idea because you eliminate a lot of the variables and you compare the just the way a franchise, meaning we could have gone after Honda dealers or, uh, or Chevrolet dealers, but we chose Mazda and got some very interesting information with the, with the constant being the same franchise. So, very interesting. And then uh, we've got a great uh, mystery shopper, Nancy, uh, uh, was responsible for, for us moving to a full-time uh, female mystery shopper. And uh, that has been a stroke of genius because not only is she able to see life in the retail car world differently from a female perspective, but she's also treated differently and uh, she's less likely to be suspected as a mystery shopper. And on top of that, she's just a brilliant, um, fast on your feet is the word, I think, fast shopper. So. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Stu Stewart, my son. He's also the general manager of our Toyota dealership, uh, which has been around since 1975. I, I'm doing that uh, not out of uh, advertisement, but out of in, uh, total transparency. Yes, we have a car dealership. Uh, no, we're not trying to sell you Toyotas uh, or any kind of a car. This is truly a consumer advocacy show. And uh, it's good that we have a Toyota dealership because Nancy, and Stu and Rick and I, you know, we're in the trenches. We, you know, we see what's going on today, yesterday, going all the way back to 1975. And so it gives us a perspective on what we're talking about. It's not like we're an outsider coming in and cr criticizing a retail industry. And you, will, you, if you listen to the show and you're a regular listener, you will realize that we do not, do not, you know, try to put a spin on anything. If anything, we encourage you to buy other cars because a lot of cars out there on the road uh, are models that are better than other models of Toyota. Toyota builds a good car, but Honda builds a good car. Nissan builds a car. Hyundai builds a good car. General Motors builds a good car. I mean, uh, today, quality is not a problem. Uh, so we're, we're, we're doing our best to be impartial. And Stu, uh, the mic is all yours. What's going on? with text and all that kind of stuff. Well, we're <coughs> we do try to shop every kind of, uh, Mr. Shop, every kind of car dealership. Um, yeah. When you say that about just, you know, just just targeting the bad guys, sometimes that's fun, but honestly for me, and maybe it's maybe it's more fun for the listeners. For me, it gets boring. Um, you'll hear it, it little passive aggressive comments in the report, like once again, the usual spiel, because it's the same thing over and over again. Whenever we go to a good dealership, that's when things get interesting. Yeah. That's when it's not typical, and every sentence I read from Agent Lightning's report is a little surprise. I'm like, I can't believe they, that's that's actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, and, and i got to be really honest with our listeners. Um, this week, um, I just left, left it to Agent Lightning. She said she was going to be up in that area, in the Pittsburgh area, and she goes, what dealership? I said, I'm going to let you pick it because you, you picked the best ones. And uh, so she chose the Mazda dealership, which is perfect because that kind of fit into the theme, yeah. theme that we had um, uh, just going all, you know, for the last almost two months now. Yeah. So it was really interesting. So now we've got a, a snapshot of what it's like to buy a Mazda at a new Mazda dealership at a Mazda dealership in South Florida, in the Nashville area, and now in the Pittsburgh area. So we're getting a pretty broad geographical sampling yeah. um, of the experience. And I'm not going to give anything away, 
um, but, but just giving the the, the, the the track record of the Mazda dealerships, I was expecting I was expecting to see a bad um, shop, and we might. I'm not going to give it away, but that's what we were expecting. You know, if I if I were affiliated with Mazda of America uh, or Mazda Japan, for that matter, I'd be interested in reading this. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should, uh, after this shopping report is over, is package the four Mazda shopping reports and send it to the uh, yeah. headquarters somewhere at the uh, Mazda Motors of America or even uh, all the way back to Japan. And then we wait. And then see what happens. For the rest of our lives. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> rest of our lives, exactly. Uh, Stu, I have a question for you. You know, uh, when you speak, everyone's listening. Uh, kind of like back in the day. Who was it? Uh, if Jay Hutton or? E.F. Hutton, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's talking. Anyway, uh, they listen to you. Week in, week out, we do a mystery shopping report. What kind of an impact does it have on you uh, in the, the good, the bad, and the ugly? And the second part of the question is, how do you feel about the radio show and where we are going on this journey well, and how we affect the consumer? My first reaction to that is, I'll, like I said, I'm going to be completely honest. honest. Um, I look at it from a professional standpoint, and it gives me great, great comfort to know that most dealerships still haven't gotten it. And from as a businessman and as a competitor, um, I like that because I see that they're light year. And that's not, that's not a commercial for us, but I'm going to say it. They're light years behind us. And so I always worry about people catching up and doing mm -hmm. it the, uh, the modern way. Yeah. It's so rare. So I feel good about that. On the radio show, this is one of the things that I do in my life. And I, I bet you, you all feel the same way. Um, we all do a, a lot of things in our lives. We do uh, professional business things. We work. We have families. And then we get involved in the community. And this is how I feel that I'm involved in the community. I don't go to civic meetings and rotary clubs and all that. Uh, but I do feel a connection to um, South Florida. I grew up here. And the fact that we're putting out good information, honest information that's helping people, yeah. that makes me feel good all the time. So that's the, the long answer to yeah. your very simple and No, it question. was a good answer, yeah. and uh, you covered uh, everything, dotted the I's, crossed the T's. Uh, but uh, my point here with uh, Stu, Rick, Earl, myself, Jonathan, uh, every week, weekend and week out, we are changing the climate in the auto industry. Uh, we do it. Again, I'm going to emphasize weekend and week out, and things are changing. And uh, please um, uh, don't assume that we're sitting here just looking to bash every single dealership and to build ourselves up. That isn't our goal. Our goal is the consumer and making life just a little bit easier and guiding you and leading you in the right direction. Well said. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. I would love to hear from someone about what we just covered. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. And back to Stu. Okay, we, we'll kick off our text this morning with the uh, inaugural Anne-Marie text. Uh, she sent me a link to a story. Uh, it says, uh, good morning. Here's the story of a guy who stole a used car from a Lake City, Florida dealer and then tried to trade it in <laughs> on a new car at the same dealership a few days later. I think everybody read about that. <laughs> Obviously, the deal didn't go through. Um, has anything like that happened to you or any other dealers that you know? Uh, that's from Anne-Marie. <laughs> no. That, I mean, that's never, I mean, we've had cars stolen. 
Um, we've yeah. had cars, uh, uh, you know, there's all sorts of little scams. People take test drives, they take a copy of the keys, they come back later. Um, in my memory, and I'm not gonna have to go refer to Earl to go farther back in time, but in my in my 25 years, that's never happened to me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little crazy. I, uh, it's, uh, thieves like that that you don't worry about because they're not they're going to get caught pretty fast. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I post I saw that article I posted on Facebook and one of the funniest uh, comments that came back was uh, he hadn't heard about VIN numbers and so uh, uh, that was new to him. So you know, uh, thieves like that fortunately are they don't last long. The ones who worry uh, worried us in our business and. Uh, are the professionals and uh, boy they're good they come in and they hit you and you never see them again and the next day or two the car's on a boat headed to Panama or uh, Nigeria uh, and I'm serious yeah yeah uh, and that's the way the professionals do it but the, the amateurs are annoyance fortunately uh, we we're not having a problem knock on wood so far yeah uh, a couple, been a couple of years, I think, for yeah. since we've had an incident. I, I think one. Yeah, of, it's it's rare. Yeah. yeah, I think one of my famous uh, memories uh, is uh, of uh, me driving a Mazda and uh, being pulled over in the famous North Palm Beach and being accused of stealing the car. And uh, at that point, I was surrounded by probably four or five. Uh, police cars and uh, unfortunately I didn't have the proper identification in my Mazda uh, at that time changing cars it wasn't out of the ordinary and uh, I had to call uh, Earl and uh, he made a joke out of it and he told the police uh, this was on more than one occasion he's made this statement he didn't know me <laughs> I thought he I'm thought that was he thought were, that was funny. You the husband, police didn't think it was very out funny. There, don't ever try to joke when your wife is under arrest. So uh, I, th <laughs> I thought that was being funny, and the and the police would ask me if I knew her, and I said I never heard of her. Yeah. And uh, then I laughed. Really sorry for reporting your Mazda <laughs> stolen. I, that was uh, my fault. <laughs> the funnier part of, about that is the fact that uh, even Rick uh, can't they, believe that. <laughs> <laughs> they oh uh, stick around, Rick. I got some more stories for you. I, uh, incidentally, I've got a book coming up. Uh, I'll have to leave town though. Anyway, uh, uh, the fact that uh, they would accuse me of stealing uh, a vehicle, and uh, I was in. I was in North Palm Beach. Uh, you know how close I was to the dealership. So, uh, ha, 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 kumbaya. They didn't like me. Earl had a reputation. <laughs> <laughs> I almost ended up in a Hooskow. <laughs> Back to Stu. Okay, let's jump over. We have a, a text here. It's a, from Sandy, and it's a question for Rick. Okay. He says, uh, I have a 2021 20, Sienna hybrid van with 7,500 miles. I love. I've had three situations at acceleration from a dead stop. When stepping on the pedal, there was a two to second, uh, two to second delay, two to three second delay, like in the old days with, with the carburetor acceleration pump that would go bad and not shoot an extra fuel to the carburetor to move quickly from a stop. Scared me on two occasions when I needed the power to catch up to traffic out of a driveway. Now I'm careful about pulling out from a stop. Any ideas what's causing this? Engine is never running um, when this has happened. It, battery power only. Otherwise, it has a lot of power at all speeds with no hesitation at all. And like I said, it's from Sandy. Okay, so that's a, a hybrid, I'm guessing. Yes. 2021 hybrid. Mm. Now, that is odd because unlike dual carburetor cars, this is a total different system. Now, when we first went to the uh, what we call drive-by-wire, which means there's no more cables connected to the engine from the accelerator pedal, it's all electronic. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, those systems had a small lag of about a half a second to almost a second when you stepped on the gas pedal before the engine would, would catch in and it would go. Yeah. But with hybrids, however, it's almost instantaneous. That lag time dropped way down. Uh, I would get into a dealership and have them yeah. put a scan tool on it and see if there's something going on and ask them to take that for a drive because there should be almost no lag time between uh, putting the pedal down and having that car go, especially Rick, on a Rick, hybrid. Rick, do you have any linkage of any kind? Uh, could, could it be a, a mechanical issue with linkage that uh, doesn't make sense, does it? No, because there is no linkage anymore. Yeah. Yeah. With the, the gas pedal has an electric sensor on it, yeah. and the wires go to the computer. The computer tells the, well, that tells the actual, the electric motors uh -huh. to get moving. Yeah. Because the gas engine now is is just a tag-along. It's, yeah. it's the electric motors that drive the car. Yeah, Sandy, uh, it scares me uh, now that Rick doesn't know what it is because he knows, especially on a, on a late model Toyota. Well, well, he knows to hook it to the, the computer. He knows to hook it to the computer. To right, find right, right. I talk <laughs> to the computer and I say, hey, what's going on with you? Why aren't yeah, what, you doing what you're supposed to do? Yeah, let's, what, let's what, what I was trying to say was that it scares me for you because you should uh, bring it in right away uh, because it, if it can do that and we have no idea why, it might do something else that we'd have no idea why yeah. that it could be worse. So, uh, you know, we might even want to tow it in for you and uh, or the dealer nearest you. Uh, tow it in and have somebody put it on the diagnostic machine. You want to get that fixed because that's, uh, I haven't heard the Rick stumped on a late model Toyota in a long time. And a, and a two second or three second hesitation when you depress the accelerator, uh, that's uh, very, very weird and we need to look at it ASAP. Yeah, that's an eternity of time. Yeah. Okay, okay let's move along. All right, let's jump over to anonymous feedback because I know we have a few here that came in. Uh, Good, there's no name on this one. It's anonymous. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bad experience at Nelson Mazda. Okay, this is uh, who we, who we wow. shot. Wow. And this, had, this was the good ones from uh, up in, in, uh, in Nashville. Oh, man. Okay, um, I've had a bad experience at Nelson Mazda. And then just for our listeners, last week our mystery shopping report described a near-perfect experience. It was really good. So, um, I was buying a new 2018 Mazda CX-9, and after looking at the only blue one and haggling over the price, there were one price. Uh, someone saw hail damage on the roof. The dealer wanted to fix it, and I asked them if some money uh, be could be taken off the price. They said no. So I walked out and took the paperwork to a different dealer, and they matched the price and gave me a perfect blue Mazda CX-9. So always check, out, check it out before buying a new or used car. Well, that's great. Uh, that's a great comment. And it goes back to uh, what we see so often. Uh, we will get a really bad shopping report at a dealership, and we'll go back six months or maybe even two or three years later and we get a really good shopping report or vice versa. And our car dealerships are made up of human beings. Human beings are, are all different. Salespeople are all different. Virtually everybody in the car dealership is paid on commission. So you could go into a car dealership with a uh, honest owner, uh, honest management, and you get a rotten apple on the sales floor, uh, a salesperson that shouldn't be there. Uh, we've had them, and we'll have them again. And uh, we might even have one or two now, right, Stu? We don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, we got 30 salespeople, and how am I to say that there's not one of them that has uh, got a problem with uh, transparency? So, thanks very much. Even Nelson Mazda, Nelson Mazda is not perfect, and 
Uh, I'd like to say we're going to go back soon, but we can't. No. Only if Agent Lightning happens to be back in Tennessee. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, thanks so much. Great feedback. Right. There's, we actually have another uh, anonymous feedback on Nelson Mazda. I guess we, uh, we struck a nerve. Huh. Uh, for di different reasons. So the last one complained because um, the Nelson Mazda wouldn't take anything off the price after repairing the, the hail damage. Um, this one says it has an issue with the dealer fee because we did, we, they did have a little dealer fee. Um, this commenter says, I disagree with your grade on the mystery shop of Nelson Mazda. The fact this dealer has a fake dock fee should reduce the grade to a B plus at best. A $400 fake fee is not small. And, you know, my, my comment is, for the, the whole the rest of the country, it, 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 it's South Florida, we're seeing dealer fees of $3,000. So yeah. when we say small, we're speaking, it, this is relative to what we're accustomed to. So certainly in, um, in, in Nashville or um, in the suburbs of Nashville, Four hundred dollars yeah. is a different uh, has a different value than it does in, in Miami. So no, I, I agree with you, that. and, and uh, we grade on the curve, and uh, we cut them some slack. Uh, I even um, I referred a customer yesterday at a, a customer a reader of my newspaper column in the hometown news called me because uh, he uh, wants to do some business on a, regarding Lexus, and he has a Lexus lease. And I referred him to J M Lexus um, in uh, Coconut Creek, Florida. Because uh, they have, uh, they advertise no dealer fee, but they really have. Do you, you remember what it is too? Is that ninety nine dollars or one ninety nine? Very small dealer fee. Which, which In one fact, did, I called the dealer. Was that? Uh, J M Lexus. Oh yeah, yeah. It was very small. It was yeah. one ninety nine. So I called the, the general manager there and I said, you know, you got a great dealership. I refer all my friends that want to buy Lexus, and on the radio I refer people to J M Lexus in Coconut Creek, and uh, you do everything squeaky clean, transparent. Why do you have the dealer fee? And I says it's very small. It's almost inconsequential, especially when you're buying a, a Lexus. And he says, you're, I know you're right. We're going to look at it. Uh, I, I don't know if they looked at it. Maybe we need to go back and double check. But, yeah, the same thing with Nelson Mazda. Small dealer fee compared to certainly a lot of stuff in South Florida. But why have it at all? Take the deal. If you've got to have that profit, and that's the reason it's there, put it in the price of the car that you advertise and let the customer see it up front. And that's the only reason we criticize you is because you don't put it up front so the customer can see it. That's right. All right, next anonymous feedback. And this is, I think, somebody, last week we had uh, somebody criticizing us um, for a video we had on our YouTube channel uh, that was um, uh, criticizing, attacking the Foursquare um, selling system. and. Uh, the commenter came back and said to clarify our, our, we reacted to the comments who was who was defending the four square selling system we just said hey listen we're not we're just not that familiar with these nefarious and evil techniques <laughs> so we don't know but then he says to clarify he says the four four, four square selling system includes trade-in um, on the sheet which is not part of that and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say you're wrong it does include the trade i'm a thousand percent sure about that and um I'm not going to dwell on it too long, but I would refer anybody who has a Consumer Reports um, uh, account to go on the ConsumerReports.org or just Google uh, Foursquare Sailing System. You'll find the Consumer Reports article as a detailed article to explain how dealerships screw you with the Foursquare yeah. square yeah, system. And, 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 and includes trade as one of them. It has yeah. trade, down payment, monthly payment, and purchase price. That's yeah. the Foursquare system. Yeah, these are the hot buttons. The reason this selling system is devious, uh, consumer unfriendly, uh, system was developed is to <coughs> identify the hot buttons of people that buy cars. Now, Nancy, when she's buying a car, if she weren't 
you know, educated consumer and part of the show. She was just uh, on the street buying a car. Maybe she was hung up on the value of her trade in. Maybe if she's trading her famous Barracuda, she'd want a lot of money for that car, and you would really impress her by giving her more money than any other dealer. Whereas Stu, when he goes in, he might be thinking in terms of payments. He say, you know, I got I got a payment now of one ninety nine a month. I got to keep it at one ninety nine a month, and you're hung up on payments. And Rick, you could be hung up on price. Uh, I want to get a big discount. Uh, if you give me a big fat discount, then uh, I'll buy the car. So we, we all have our hotter hot buttons, and that way, when you're working the system, you identify the person's hot button. Is it the discount? Okay, let's. We can we can give you a huge discount, Rick, but and they're not going to tell you this by doing under allowing on your trade in. We won't give you very much for your trade in, but we'll turn it around and make it look like a big discount. So we'll maybe tell you, maybe we'll give you a thousand dollars less than your trade in is worth, but we'll give you five hundred dollars more discount. We're still five hundred dollars ahead of the game. So you see, what the the purpose is is to trick the buyer and find out your hot button. The name of the game is don't have one hot button. Anything, your trade-in allowance, the price of the car, the discount, all these things are important. Bottom line price eliminates all the tricks. If you get a bottom line price, they can't trick you. And that, as a matter of fact, yeah. that's what Consumer Reports says. It just says, it says ignore the everything else, just focus on your exactly. other Exactly. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, what's your hot button? Have you changed your mindset? Are you able to go and purchase, lease with a clear mind? Uh, give us a call at 877-960-9960. Ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. And uh, I remind you, uh, ladies, uh, whatever you have to discuss with us, you want to call and say hello? Perfect. If uh, you would like to discuss uh, uh, maintaining your vehicle or uh, what uh, you're doing uh, in this uh, microchip shortage and whether you can wait for a car, we'd love to talk to you. And you win yourself $50 for the first two new lady callers, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us uh, for everyone else at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. Um, excuse me, we're going to go to the telephones, and uh, we're going to talk to Marty. Marty's a regular caller from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Hi, how are you today? You out there, Marty? Uh, what I wanted to tell you is, yes, uh, two days ago I went, I brought my wife's uh, CRV in for its first service at, uh, at Morse Honda. Uh -huh. And uh, while I was waiting for the car to be done, I looked out in the lot. They don't have one CRV in the lot. The lot is almost totally empty. And the um, concierge salesman there said he doesn't think things may even get back to normal till uh, March or April of 22. So I said, are you taking orders on cars? They said they used to take orders. He said, now when, they, when a truck comes in, they call some people that wanted a certain car. If they show up and buy it right away, that's it. And they, and they fight to the death over it? <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. And also, I wanted to tell you, uh, the guy, like I told you, I think a couple weeks ago, the finance guy gave me a good price on their maintenance, uh, 93 cents a month. And uh, the charge on the maintenance is for an oil change, 
and the tire rotation was over $64, which I didn't have to pay. So all I can say is Toyota's two-year free thing is actually a, you know, a very good deal. We don't have to pay for it. Yeah, other dealers besides, or manufacturers besides Toyota do that. There are quite a few. I'm going to say... BMW does, I think. BMW. I think about half the manufacturers out there have some free service. Uh, and, of course, today the cost of maintenance is uh, very, very small. So, yeah, maintenance contracts, uh, study them hard when they try to sell you one in the finance department, see exactly what's covered, and then look at what the owner's manual recommends you do and find out from the dealer, what do you charge for this, this, and this? This way you compare what you would pay for it versus the fact that you uh, can buy the maintenance contract. And if you get a better deal on buying the maintenance contract, buy it. Um, what the dealers generally find <laughs> when they sell you a maintenance contract is most people don't bring it back for maintenance. So everything they sell it to you for, uh, uh, they get you know, per, for profit. Uh, but you should not do that, you should go by the recommended owner's manual. Hey, hey Marty, yeah. I, I'm, I think that Honda might be the only one who doesn't. Uh, so it's a, you, give me a second, Alfa Romeo, BMW, Mini, Cadillac, Chevy, Buick, <coughs> GMC, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, Genesis, Jaguar, Jeep, Kia, Lexus, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, Toyota, Volkswagen, Volvo. They all offer free maintenance programs. Yeah, so Honda's, uh, most, most do. Honda's unusual yeah. if they don't offer free maintenance. Yeah, and Honda, there's people that love Hondas, and they just, they, you know, I've tried to steer a few people off of a Honda, except for my wife, and, uh, you know, people just like Hondas, and they say, hey, I'm going to stick to that uh, manufacturer. Yeah. It's a great car. Yeah. They're good. It's good to love Hondas because they build one of the best cars in the world. Yeah. Toyota only, to only offered the uh, the free maintenance. That was after the big recall crisis where Toyota was uh, facing the ex existential crisis, uh, and people were like, well, yeah, it, was a, it was a huge crisis, but they offered that to, to restore faith in the brand. That yeah. was, that was well, 10 we years lucky. ago. We, we got the CRV in April, and they had, you know, CRVs for some reason. April, I guess, wasn't a bad month. And, uh, you know, we didn't have any problem, and they took back the Camry that we had seven months early. So, it, you know, it worked out good for us. But now you got to wait. Yeah. I, I think uh, uh, you're smart to wait, and I think this the uh, Honda salesperson, he may have believed this or he may not have, but I think the uh, shortage will be over well before March or April 2022. But by telling the prospective customer that it's going to be a long, long time, they're less likely to wait. Uh, I personally think that uh, we will see a reversal uh, within the next 30 days, continuing on through December, and I think that uh, any time the last quarter of this year, toward the end of the year, you're better off and can make a good purchase then. Okay. All right. Well, have a good day. Have the rest Good weekend. Thanks, Marty. Thanks, you're, Marty. you're a great caller. We really, really appreciate your yeah, call. Yeah, we, we love hearing from you, Marty. You know, Brought I'm surprised that, that we haven't you. seen auctions happening in car in showrooms. I remember back when the Scion brand was really hot and they had these special edition cars and you couldn't get them and people were traveling from all over the, the, the country to get these cars and they started auctioning them off in showrooms. Just the getting Prius them. also. Yeah, in the Prius. Uh, so I'm, I'm like when he told me what Ed Morris Honda was doing, I'm surprised they didn't say, hey, listen, we got a truckload. And we're going to have an auctioneer out there, and they're going to run up the price and make all the money. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 877-960-9960.
or you can text us at 772-497-6530. How has the shortage affected you? Has it? Uh, <laughs> this is not funny, uh, but uh, I talked to someone yesterday and uh, they owned a dry cleaning uh, facility and uh, there's a shortage on hangers. I can't get any hangers. Really? <laughs> Not funny, uh, but uh, I, uh, yes, Rick? I was just going to say, uh, I do have a couple of YouTube comments on this very same subject, too. Do you? Uh, let's it's, go to... It's a very big thing going right now. Yeah, let's go to Rick. Uh, Negan1 says, I want to ask Earl, he said, after Christmas, auto inventories would be back. I'm thinking not my local dealerships. GM and Ford are fairly empty. I see an issue with manufacturing and not getting parts to the assembly lines going. I work for one of the largest snack food companies and PLC controls and variable speed drives are getting four month lead times. This is all manufacturers of all components. I think we're gonna be in trouble soon because factories can't make the products because parts are not available to keep the lines going. Uh, he goes on to say, is Earl's prediction for inventories still accurate? And I also had uh, Big Hamza 22 come in to ask, uh, when can we expect dealerships to get inventory back to pre-pandemic levels? Well, Megan, it's a, it's a good observation, and, and maybe I am wrong. I've, I've been wrong before. Uh, first of all, the shortage is mainly in one thing. It's a pretty broad thing. It's microchips. And uh, I promise you that the microchip manufacturers of the world, in fact, we buy most of our microchips overseas now, uh, but the microchip manufacturers of the world are pouring it on. And in my uh, long, over half a century experience, when a shortage exists, uh, the money, the monetary incentive to catch up and build something that you can sell uh, immediately is just too huge to resist. So the microchip manufacturers of the world are going to be pouring more microchips out than uh, they ever had before because they want to make the money and sell the microchips. They'll probably raise the price of the microchips too if they haven't already. And uh, that's why shortages always are resolved, in my experience, sooner than we think. And I know from talking to Toyota that uh, we are going to see a better avail availability of cars uh, this coming month than we did this month and then we'll see even better at the following month. And the shortage will vary from car to car. I mean, Honda will have one situation, uh, Chevrolet will have another. But uh, I would, uh, you're gonna get taken advantage of price-wise so badly today, uh, even if you had to wait four months instead of two months, uh, I think it would be well worth your while. If you have to have a car, then we've talked about that on the show, we'll give you some advice on how to buy at the very lowest price today, but that very low price today is gonna to be thousands of dollars higher than the lowest price uh, two, three months from now. So. Yeah, oh, you know, to your uh, comment of, about the microchip uh, shortage and the hike in price, uh, we watched the uh, show, uh, we watched 60 Minutes, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and one of the largest microchip co uh, companies has raised their prices, yeah. and it is unbelievable how much they have raised their prices. Everybody, we raised our prices at our Toyota dealership. Everybody's called supply and demand, and how high you raise your prices depends on your conscience 
and your ethics and your moral code because there's no law saying that a car dealer cannot sell a car for thousands of dollars over sticker price. In fact, the Mazda dealers that we gave the bad grades to, they were literally selling their Mazdas. If you didn't like it, too bad, buy the Mazda somewhere else. They were charging thousands of dollars over sticker price. Right. Uh, in our dealership, uh, we draw the line at MSRP, and we're selling most of our cars actually below MSRP, but there's no hidden fees and there's no surprises. So. It depends on you. Legally, when you buy a car today, the dealer can charge you, uh, I'm going to exaggerate to make my point, a million dollars over sticker. And if you're crazy enough to want to buy a car way, way over sticker, buy the car today. Yeah. But I don't think you should. I think it's a mistake. Yeah, it's up to you. Uh, we're going to get back to uh, Rick in a minute, but we're going back to the end, Stu. But we're going to go to the phones and we're going to talk to Bill in West Palm Beach. Welcome back, Bill. Hi. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good question. One is service department shop supply fees. Rip-off. Hidden fee. Take advantage of the customer fee. It's the service department version of the hidden dealer fee. Uh, they, uh, most all dealers charge it. In fact, most independent service departments charge it. And uh, it varies. Uh, typically, it's a percentage of your total bill. Could be 5%, 10%. So uh, you go in there and you get $200 worth of service. At the bottom of the invoice, your service invoice, it'll be something. Sometimes they call it miscellaneous. Sometimes they call it hazardous waste disposal. Uh, they have as many names for the service hidden fee as they do the car buying hidden fee. And uh, it's just to get money out of your pocket. Hopefully you'll ignore it. I'll have an innocuous uh, uh, kind of a description that sounds maybe legitimate. Sundry supplies and you know, uh, Rick, uh, you know, we don't have one, so you probably, I was going to say, what other names can you think of, but we don't, we don't charge the fee, so you've never seen it. Shop supplies. Shop supplies, yeah. waste disposal fees. Yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of them. The only one that I know of, that I know, is a legitimate disposal fee is $1 each for tires. That's a tax. And for tires. That yeah. is a legitimate uh, I believe it's state mandated, but don't quote me on that. But there is a one dollar per tire disposal fee on tires. Yes, no, that's legit. But that's it. There's and batteries too. Uh, batteries, actually, no. I think that's supposed to be in the price of the battery. That's when you purchase the new vehicle. So there's a battery disposal fee when you new vehicle right. purchase a dollar fifty. You're right. That's but that's only on new cars right, when you're buying cars. the new car. Not when you're buying a battery through a shop. They shouldn't be yep. charging any additional for that. And those fees shouldn't be taxable. So just like the dealer fee, if you have a, a tax on something like a battery, uh, it is uh, not taxable uh, by the state. So that's one, one way to find out about it. But, yeah, good question. Uh, we talk too much about hidden dealer fees, but instead of the hidden service fees, uh, actually it's a lower number, but you get your, your car service far more often than you buy a car. So if you look at the big picture, you're getting ripped off probably more on hidden miscellaneous fees and service departments than you are hidden car fees when you buy the car. My other question is, on when they say high mileage oil, if you change your oil at a regular interval, whether it's 3,000 to 5,000 miles, does that matter if you use the high mileage oil? 
gimmick. My opinion, I would stick, if, you, if your car calls for standard oil, dinosaur fossil oil, use that. Use a quality brand name. If it calls for synthetic, use synthetic, but use a quality brand name. And make sure that the recommended uh, weight of the oil, so if it's 5W20 or 5W30 or 10W30, 0W20, or like the newer cars, 0W16, as long as the, you've met those standards and you have a good quality oil, follow the factory recommended maintenance plan for how often you should change that oil and you should have no problems. If your engine has started to wear out to the point that it's burning a lot of oil, that needs to be addressed as an engine repair, not as changing to a different type of oil that's going to magically fix your engine, because it's not. An engine that has got worn components and is burning oil is because there's a problem with the engine. It's not a problem with the oil. It's a problem with the engine. And you're not going to fix it by trying to use some magic brand of oil that, oh, it's high mileage oil. No, that's a, that's just a advertising bill. It's puffery, and all, mile, yeah. all, all oil is intended to be high mileage, and it's probably all the same mileage. It's depending on the if you're using the proper oil. It's like aspirin. You know, uh, Bayer uh, is not better aspirin than... Uh, you know, uh, Public brand, Walgreens yeah. brand. So, so oil is oil. It comes out of the ground. Even the synthetic oil comes out of the ground, and uh, it's oil. And uh, if you buy the right oil for your car, it's high mileage or low mileage, however you want to look at it. Yes, that's, that's what I thought. But anyhow, you guys keep up the great work. Thank you. And if I get time, I'll speak to you next week. I hope you do, Bill. We we love your calls. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, Bye-bye. it was great hearing from you, Bill. Again, ladies, uh, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Uh, give us a call, uh, share your story, or uh, just uh, call to say hello, 877-960-9960. And uh, out of the uh, control room, I, I got a text message, and I'd like to share it with uh, everyone who's listening uh, to the show and who may uh, be calling in and uh, it reads uh, the studio phone since it's a rolling line will give a busy signal if the phones are full it just rings i've been testing it with the owner vic this week we are going to either up it five lines or try to figure it out uh anyway uh if you get a busy signal uh just uh, keep on keep on calling uh, and uh, that way, uh, the the callers, uh, we we don't want you to think that we're not answering the phone. Well, I, that that should be fixed. Thank you very much, control room, and thank you very yeah, much. Thanks, Mike. I will call the owner myself because that is a a very very bad thing for people to think we don't want to answer the phone. Yeah. At the beginning of the show, we said we prioritize phone calls, and if it rings and it rings and rings then it sounds like we're not being honest with you. So that bothers me a lot. Thank yeah. you. And uh, thanks, Mike, for uh, allowing me to you know, share it with uh, all of our listeners. Uh, speaking of the phones, we're going to go to Sharon, and uh, she's calling us from Jupiter. Good morning, Sharon. Welcome. Good morning. Uh, is, how many have you called before? I have. Oh, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. I just have a quick question. I've got something that on my uh, rims. Someone told me it's called brake dust, and I'm wondering what causes it. I've had my brakes checked several times. 
Yep. Yeah, uh, this is it's totally normal. Uh, when you're stepping on the brakes, what's happening is there's a big metal disc in there called a rotor. It's a steel rotor, and the pads actually have a friction material adhered onto steel backing plates, and the brakes will squeeze those pads down against that rotor to slow it down. So that's what slows your car when you're stepping on the brakes. Those pads, that friction material, will slowly start to wear away little bits at a time, and that's that brake dust that comes out and it shows up on the rims very easily. Uh, it's, if you keep the wa car washed often enough and keep the rims nice and clean, you can actually walk out there with a, just a simple rag and wipe that dust right off. But it's always yes. a good idea to keep, the, keep your wheels as clean as possible because eventually that dust is going to hold all sorts of dirt and other, other chemicals and it'll start to corrode in and make the rims not look good. Okay. Okay, so I'm not missing anything by... I, I was concerned that there was something going on that I should be addressing. No, no, it's completely normal. No. That's, just that's just exactly cosmetic. how they work. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate your help. Oh, thank you, Sharon. Thanks for joining us this Saturday morning. We love hearing from the ladies. Give us a call again. And uh, tell your friends. $50 for the first two new lady callers. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Where are we going, guys? Well, I've got one last one here from Donovan. Okay. Hi, Donovan. Uh, it's our buddy Donovan. He says... Dealers are never going to go to pre-pandemic inventory levels. It will not happen. Auto companies are enjoying the extra profit way too much. The auto manufacturers brought a lot of this on themselves. There's a great article in Fortune that explains this in more detail on the chips they use. But basically, the auto industry is way behind. They use fabs from several generations ago. 90 nanometer chips are still common in cars and that was cutting-edge technology in, 20, in 2004. The chip fabricators do not want to turn those old lines back on. They want to be making current generation chips so they will raise the price on the auto, uh, auto industry. TSMC is the largest chip manufacturer in the world and they would rather be making the latest and greatest for Apple, not something from 15 years ago for a car they don't care about. The main semiconductor in a current iPhone is 5 nanometers for perspective. Uh, just to, because I, I do recognize the term, uh, the nanometer, I guess he's talking about the thickness of this, the microchip, uh -huh. and 90 nanometers versus 5 nanometers, yeah. it'd be kind of like just putting comparison is, do you want to have a part that is 5 inches tall or a part that is 90 inches tall yeah, let me installed ask on your car? Let me, let, I happen to be an expert on microchips. I'm, when I started the business, guy. and uh, uh, but here, here, here's where you're, here's where you're wrong, Donovan. Uh, they will not limit production, um, even if the prices go up. Uh, production will always meet demand, and the thing, your savior as a consumer buying a car, is the very same thing that is your demise. <coughs> Intense competition by retail car dealers. Uh, the manufacturers have what we say as dealers over dealered. There are too many car dealers out there. There's too many Chevrolet dealers, too many Toyota dealers. Uh, there are, as we say at our dealer meetings, 
there's a car dealership on every block, like every gas station, and uh, used to be bank. Like Walgreens so, and CVS. I yeah. see your point. Yep. Competition will keep the price down, and that is why the manufacturers will also not limit manufacturing because when the dealer says, "I need a thousand cars," they're going to sell you a thousand cars. They That's might raise the price, but they will sell you a thousand cars. The microchip will feed the dealer, the dealer will, I mean the manufacturer will feed the manufacturer, the manufacturer will feed the dealer, and you the consumer, you're going to have all the cars you want in a few months in my, in my estimation. And certainly, you know, uh, I believe Donna said they will never go back. I promise you, Donovan, uh, if they, the, the volume will go back. And in fact, it'll go way up because there'll be more consumers buying cars than ever before. So, yeah, uh, uh, it, it is not, there is no conspiracy between the de- with the dealers and the, and the manufacturers to increase car prices. Uh, it's an adversarial relationship that you don't see between the manufacturer and the dealer. As we dealers feel, our problem is the manufacturer sending us too damn many cars, right. and they, they put when the pressure on you. When they wholesale a car to us, like you've said since I started, yeah. Every single car they wholesale to us, that's full sticker to us. Yeah. So th- when they when they sell the cars to the dealers, they're making all, they're not making the, the manufacturers aren't making more money because dealers are try charging over charging for the cars now. They made their money when they wholesaled the car. Exactly. And uh, it's the dealers that would like to hold on to these profits, but yeah. the second availability is there, they're going to meet demand and they're going to drive the prices down. The educated consumer listening to this show, you've got more power on prices with that you pay for a car than the dealer does. The dealer can't negotiate. Uh, we have a Toyota dealership. We can't negotiate with Toyota. Uh, I don't care if we buy a million cars a month or a hundred cars a month from Toyota. The price is the price is the price. Right. And every dealer pays the same thing. Yeah, we can't say, hey, no one's buying this model. Sell it to us for yeah. less. And we actually lose money selling cars uh, because of the incentivized uh, systems that a lot of the manufacturers, including Toyota, uh, use. And we, we, look at, we look at selling new cars during times of high demand, and when the prices are, are not uh, artificially high like they are now, we actually say, okay, uh, this is going to be a slow month for us. Our forecast is we're going to lose money in the new car department. Right. And then uh, we do it, because if we don't, if we don't sell the cars fast, then Toyota won't send us enough cars. It's called and turn and earn. We, we have we to sell get, cars to earn cars. We don't get the trade-in cars that we need to get exactly. to power used car inventory. And we don't have cars for service. Right. So that's we got to keep. Nothing happens until a car gets sold. Yeah. <laughs> and from Donovan here, you think car dealers are going to go back to the days of having a thousand cars on the lot? Of course. Yep. Yeah. It's, a, it's supply and demand. I mean, we, we won't. We'd have a thousand. Uh, we won't. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we'd we're gonna have a thousand horse and buggies on the lot if that's what people wanted. I mean, it's supply and demand. It's a, it's the free enterprise system. So yes, it's going to be uh, crazy, crazy, crazy until the system changes, uh, and it'll be a long time coming before the retail automobile. We're trying to change it, folks. Earl on cars, Earl Sterling cars, is our way of changing the way that the cars are, are retail and. It won't happen in my lifetime, maybe in yours. And okay. uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the proof is uh, right here every Saturday morning, how we're changing everything that has anything to do with purchasing a vehicle, uh, servicing a vehicle, anything at all. We're helping uh, right here, but we need your help. And by joining Earl's Vigilantes, uh, you can help all of us 
and all the people in your community. And you can also win yourself a free hat. So go to Earl's Vigilantes and sign up. And uh, it's a good thing. Earl, your hat. Oh, your, your almost forgot famous my hat. hat. <laughs> there you go. You Isn't that cute? You caught me now. That's a good-looking hat, too, yeah. by the way. Stu designed Stu that design, uh, yeah. logo. It's a vigilante That's logo. That's my brother's dog holding the red phone. Oh. <laughs> and the sound effects? Yeah, like Carney. It's a ca- hey, listen, it's a hat. There's a dog with a cowboy hat talking on the phone. You can't find that anywhere, and that, I will stake my reputation on that. Okay. Are, are you working on that? <laughs> oh, it's right there on the hat. He copyrighted it. Oh, I didn't copyright Oh, yes, I did. Thank you, Rick. Uh. Um it's a dog wearing a hat ta- talking on the phone. Come uh, on. Let me take a look at that closer. <laughs> Everybody should want that hat. My age uh, speaks for itself. <laughs> uh, we are going to go to uh, John in Palm City. And, well, John is definitely a regular caller. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Back in the news again is Takata Airbags. This week, the NHTSA made an announcement that they're going to go after 200 models from 20 automakers from 2011 to 2019. For some reason, these are cars that they overlooked in May 2020. I don't know why it got overlooked, but they're going on it, and they're saying the probe is going to go on very heavy because we all know what's going on with these airbags. You know, the ammonium nitrate that's in it, especially here in Florida, with the high temperature and humidity, they get set off. And especially in cars like three to five years old, and these are models 2011 to 2019. Remember so far, in the United States, 19 people have been killed just from that explosion without having an accident. 28 worldwide, 400 have been injured. We're talking about a lot of vehicles, and they're going after 200 models of these 20 automakers. So it's a very serious problem, and they also going after ones that have been replaced and they say some of the replaced ones are more dangerous than the original ones that was recalled so we have a major problem i'm glad it's back in the news again because people have to be aware and do their homework earl will give you the number that you can call with your serial number and find out if your car has been a current refall has been called and you have it so you got to get back on your horse and get that car taken care of because we're talking about, especially in South Florida, a very, very serious problem. And these could explode, and it could kill people. Yeah. 30 million more are, are being investigated. Thanks so much, yes. John. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank, Thank you, John. you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's also uh, sad that when we have one crisis, other crises fade into uh, oblivion. Uh, the Takata airbag has become forgotten uh, with the COVID crisis, and of course the number of deaths from COVID have been uh, astronomical compared to the Takata airbag. I will say this, uh, when we say 28 deaths uh, worldwide with the Takata airbag, that's 28 deaths that we know about. Uh, what happens when you're in a bad accident, as you probably, it's not even worth, I hate to think about these things, but you get into a bad accident where the airbag goes off, uh, people die for a lot of reasons, it's a terrible uh, situation and uh, uh, if you see a person that has uh, been killed in a tra- traffic accident, uh, usually there's no autopsy. The only way you can find out if the Takata airbag explode is to uh, carefully examine uh, and uh, do an autopsy and see what was the cause of death. Uh, the Takata airbag 
explodes, the uh, inflator explodes actually, uh, like a shrapnel and a hand grenade, and the shrapnel goes into your body. But in a terrible accident, who's to say which injuries were caused by that? So I say two, 28 deaths uh, worldwide is insane. I say there are a lot more than that, but out of sight, out of mind, we have the COVID on mind and a lot of other tragedies that we uh, make bigger uh, press. The media is tired of the Takata airbag, and uh, they want to talk about other things. And anything that will draw watchers, listeners to the social media or the television or the newspaper, uh, and you can sell advertising, and that's what gets the, uh, the, the publicity. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give you an update. Uh, the update is from Mike in the control st uh, studio. And, uh, you know, I, I don't get a chance to talk about Mike very often. He's sort of behind the scenes. And uh, I'll tell you what, he really does a fantastic job week in and week out. And uh, without him, there, <laughs> uh, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. And uh, we're going to share some information for, with you from Mike. And uh, he's letting us know that everything is working fine. There's not an issue. I am just mentioning why sometimes people say that nobody is answering. And uh, when, uh, when uh, callers uh, will text us and tell us that nobody's answering, uh, you can understand where that leaves Mike. Uh, he's just scratching his head because it doesn't make him look very good. But in fact, uh, the mentioning uh, why sometimes people say that nobody is answering it's because the phone lines are full of callers as they are right now. So that is a plus, and I want to thank Mike for being here every single Saturday running this uh, ship very smoothly. Now, uh, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call. Are you able to maintain your own tires, ladies? I dabble in that subject a bit. I check the air pressure in my tires. It's, uh, it was difficult in the beginning, but now it's like you can do it with your eyes closed, oh, so to speak. Anyway, ladies, a little encouragement. Give us a call, anything at all, 877-960-9960, and uh, $50 It's a win-win situation. We're going to go to Mark in Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Mark. Good morning to everyone there on the staff. Um, I just have a couple of quick comments uh, and then just one question. Um, I uh, was trying to listen to the whole show, but I had kind of an emergency with my 97-year-old mother, so I wasn't able to hear everything that had been commented on. But one thing I just wanted to say when he was talking about shop supplies, um, tire uh, uh, disposal and all that, I know that on the body shop end of the business, that when you get your invoice, you will see uh, hazardous waste disposal. And just so the uh, customers know that when uh, uh, paint operations are done on a vehicle, when they mix paint, uh, that paint uh, has to be disposed of. And it costs uh, Earl and all the other dealers a lot of money to dispose of hazardous materials these days. So that is a legit charge. Um, I did want to mention uh, one thing. I know Nancy just mentioned about uh, the vigilante program. Usually when I call in, I'd like to, uh, not that Nancy doesn't explain it, but being a vigilante myself since the beginning, um, I've been 
very happy to help. I've only had a couple of customers that have contacted me about uh, service uh, issues and needing help. But uh, just to once again explain to the uh, listeners that the vigilante program is designed to where if you have any questions about sales or lease or service questions or body shop questions, you know, the vigilantes are volunteers. They don't get paid anything. And we're more than happy to share our knowledge with you. So don't hesitate to go on to the website and there's a list of uh, my contact information and tech, uh, contact information of all the other vigilantes. And please, there is no simple or uh, minor question, uh, any questions at all, please feel free to use the program. The program is there for you. Um, one other thing we talked about, the uh, cost of cars, uh, new and used. I just want, I, not, nothing to do with the car industry, but I was very surprised. I like to cook and smoke spare ribs. I went into public oh the other day, <laughs> and uh, one rack of ribs, it used to be about $11. One rack of ribs, pork ribs, $28.50 for one rack of ribs. Wow. Um, one other thing. Wow. Um, I love my vigilante hat, but there was some talk well, quite a while ago about T-shirts. Did yes. anybody ever do anything more with the T-shirts for us? There's a global so T-shirt shortage. And, uh, Is it really? I don't know. <laughs> it kind of got it put on the back we, we were so proud of the hats, we just uh, we, we didn't want to ruin that. With uh, we, might, we might even get your whole uniform, uh, Mark. We'll uh, we'll work like on a jumpsuit. That. Give it uh, yeah, text us your size. We'll get you. A jumpsuit. Uh, a complete, yeah, I'll get you a jumpsuit. Then, uh, and, yeah, well, uh, how about some vigilante boxers? You know, that works. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, um, one, la one last thing. Um, the uh, one thing that maybe it's just because I don't listen well enough, you know, the chip shortage, Earl. What exactly is the reason for the chip shortage? Is it materials? Um, you know, what is it? Uh, silver or, or, you know, a mineral shortage? No, it's volume. It? It's what a, it's exactly a, made that? It's the chip itself. In other words, uh, uh, microchips are used in virtually everything we buy today. If you can buy it on Amazon, it's probably got a chip in it. Maybe not toilet paper. But uh, everything, uh, everything it used to be mechanical and now it's electronic, has got chips. And so a worldwide demand surged suddenly with the COVID crisis. And the chips just, they ran out. And uh, so it's a shortage of being able to supply the chips fast enough. So they, they just weren't able or aren't able to manufacture them fast enough? Is that it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, 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 for every chip they manufacture, there's 10 people out there saying, I need one. And they can't build them fast enough. Wow, it, seems, it just seems to me from a layman's point of view, and, uh, you know, some of the other public may share the same thing. It just seems like it's been going on for so long. Yeah. wow, how much longer is it going to be? It was building up before the pandemic. So, like, I mean, <laughs> the, the 5G cellular networks put a huge amount of pressure, and that was everything was taken off part of the pandemic, the new 5G network. So that was taking a lot of the chips, and then when then everything gets shut down, um, 
then they stopped production, uh, and now it's trying to you know come and, back. And a microchip is a very <laughs> complex thing to manufacture. As I said earlier in the show, I began the business of working in, um, in, in microchip factories. I was I was working for Westinghouse, and I saw how they were manufactured. I was an engineer, and uh, it's a very complex, uh, very precise. Uh, the the chips are built in clean rooms. Uh, people that work inside, it's not like making a can of tuna. You uh, go into a microchip factory, like you wear a clean suit, you're in a clean room, and uh, it's very precise. You just can't turn up the volume and double your volume. You're talking about right. a lot of investment in extremely expensive uh, machinery and extremely trained personnel to make a microchip. Yeah. So it's real. It's, a, it's basically a laboratory yeah, exactly. in hospital yeah. conditions. Exactly. I, yeah. no, it's really All right. a, it's, I won't take it, any more of your time. Thank Mark, you, Mark. Mark, but, uh, Mark before right, you, you guys go. guys have a great weekend. And Stu, you, your, your younger brother does a good job of filling in for you, but uh, it, we still love to have you uh, there at the helm. Darn you guys up. have a great weekend. Mark, before you go, I want to thank you very much for being part of Verrill's Vigilantes and uh, the essence of your call earlier. Uh, I know we talked a lot uh, about, uh, you, you know, the, the microchip and this, you know, all the pandemic, but what you're doing what you're doing for us, what you're doing for the consumer, and the people in uh, every community that you're reaching, we want to thank you very much. Well, I, I just wish uh, I wish I had more consumers calling me because sitting at home 24-7 in a wheelchair, I got all sorts of time. So please give me a call. I'm here to help just like all the other vigilantes. So Thanks, everyone Mark. enjoy your weekend. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Bye, Mark. Mark. Thank you, Mark. Okay, now, uh, Rick had a comment. Uh, I was just going to disagree on one point he said, which is the disposal fee on paint in body shop. Yeah. That should be in the cost of painting the car. Of course, yeah. Because we don't charge a disposal fee on oil. When we do an oil change, exactly. that's in the price of the oil change. Same thing with changing coolant. There are a lot of legitimate costs. There are a lot of legitimate costs, but they're costs, and that's what businessmen yeah. do. They pay their costs. They don't charge the customer for their costs. They include it in the price of the product they sell. So yes, indirectly, the customer's charging. But when you add it after you quote the price, that's, then that's called deception. Exactly. And uh, by the way, hazardous waste disposal sounds so good that it may, Mark believes it, uh, a lot of people believe it, uh, during shortages, like we've had oil shortages, where we actually were paid for our waste oil. Yep. Companies would come by and pay us uh, uh, X dollars per gallon to, for, the, for the privilege of disposing of our waste oil. And there are other materials, scrap steel and a lot of other things. People dispose of this and uh, they charge us a fee for the disposal or sometimes they pay us. So pay your uh, businessmen should pay their own costs, take all those costs and put it on the price of the product they're selling. Okay. Exactly. That's like the essence of the show. <laughs> That's what we've been saying. Exactly. Any, anything that changes the price after the fact should just not happen. That, that's wrong. Exactly. Yeah. You know, this uh, microchip uh, shortage, It's uh, there's a little bit of a gray area here. And uh, the guys here probably uh, can add uh, to this. But uh, uh, Mark was asking, you know, exactly uh, where does this uh, microchip shortage come from? And with the pandemic... Uh, with the microchip uh, and its components and what it's made out of. Uh, if you think about the syringes that they are using 
uh, to dispense the vax, uh, the the vaccination for uh, this uh, COVID-19. Um, it is similar. Uh, the product and the components are uh, there's some that are similar to the microchip that's uh, being built. Uh, I have to ask Earl uh, to shed some light on this. Well, uh, the syringes. Have I left you speechless? Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay, mean. maybe I'll be a little more specific. Yes. Um, the syringes uh, that hold the vaccine. Uh, when you were injected uh -huh. uh, for uh, a booster, yeah. or there are similar components in that syringe, the silicone that makes that syringe that are in the microchip. Okay, you know, so the, uh, the microchips are made of silicon, uh, which is a sand. Sand is sand so and silicon. Silicon. So there's a lot of sand, and uh, yeah, and hence so, uh, the shortage. Okay, okay. A seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. What are your thoughts, ladies and gentlemen? Give us a call on the topic we just covered, 877-960-9960, or you can text us, 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. Okay, we have anonymous feedback here. Uh, hey, don't log me out. Hi, what is the advantage of having a dual store? In other words, two brands in one location, like Ford Lincoln or Buick GMC, instead of having a standalone store, for example, just Ford or just GMC. Thank you. Well, the, it's not actually an advantage unless you have a make car that doesn't sell very well. And small dealers in rural areas, they might sell Buicks, but uh, there's such a low population and potential customer base that they have to have uh, another franchise. So that might be Cadillac Buick or Cadillac, even Chevrolet Buick. Uh, there's some dealerships in very small areas uh, there used to be one out west of uh, Palm Beach County uh, and uh, Belle Glade that had all the GM franchises under one roof. So it's a matter of volume. Uh, manufacturers far prefer exclusive uh, makes, so, and most dealers will not, most manufacturers will not allow a dealer to add another make, uh, even if it's his own make. They, yeah. get, they want you to specialize on one product. I could be wrong about this, too. I think that certain uh, things are paired up. Like, generally, if you see it a, a Ford dealership, it's a... Well, actually, it's, uh, never mind. I am wrong. I just thought about a Ford dealership that doesn't have... <laughs> I thought that was very common to see Ford and Lincoln uh, side by side. It's yeah. the same. It used to be. Yeah. 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 All right. More anonymous feedback. We're, oh, we got a phone call? Yes, we do, Stu. Excellent. Uh, we're going to go to John in West Palm Beach. Welcome to the show, John. Oh, hello. Welcome. Or not welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, we knew uh, what you meant. <laughs> it's early. <laughs> the on the paint. If you got a good body shop painter and that, he knows how much to order. There shouldn't be much disposal of paint. And if there is, why don't they give it to the customer for touch up uh, since it's already mixed and instead of throwing it away? And even if there's a quart left, they can still keep it on the the, the owner that had their carcass to keep a. Uh, Keep it on the shelf in case they ever have a dent or a ding or have to have something uh, painted. They've got the paint already mixed and ready to go. Yeah, John, the Environmental There's Protection just... Agency won't allow you to do that. Uh, they want to account for all your paint, and uh, technically uh, they want to see that the paint is either on a car or disposed of in a safe manner, uh, safe to the environment. So they don't want to come by and say, well, you bought uh, 10,000 gallons of paint last year, and uh, uh, you sold uh, 8,000 gallons, what happened to the other 2,000 gallons? 
They don't want you to say, well, I gave it to my customers or I have it stored somewhere. They want an absolute accounting. Make sure you didn't pour it in the intercoastal. Exactly. So uh, that is the reason that the Environmental Protection Agency has a lot of uh, rules that are very stringent on anything that can contaminate the environment. Okay. Yeah, they got us coming and going. They do, yeah. They're, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll they're tell tough. You. They're tough. Yeah. Uh, you hit the nail on the head, yeah. John. And, and, John, you're actually very correct. I know several painters, uh, through, uh, known several, quite a few through the years. Those guys can I tell you almost to within a tablespoon how much paint they're going to need to do a car. They are incredibly accurate. Is that but right? The, the owners of the body shops, they are still going to look to get that little extra profit because we're not talking about the actual thing of, oh yeah, there's paint to be disposed of. We're talking about the idea of where are they gonna get some extra profit? Because it's not so much any leftover paint, it's the paint that comes out of the, the gun when they're cleaning it up afterwards, the chemicals that they use to clean it up, uh, the stuff they use to clean up like the, the painting booth. You know, all that stuff's gotta go somewhere. So I understand, yes, there is waste that has to be disposed of, but again, our point is that the cost of that is supposed to be in the cost of painting the car. It's not supposed yeah. to be added on at the end and say, oh yeah, you owe us another 40 or 50 bucks. Well, I, again, Rick, uh, uh, it's uh, the insurance company, 90, 99% of our business is insurance business. The insurance companies uh, come out and they make an estimate on the car. And they say, we're going to give you this much for paint and materials. Right. So that's part of the estimate. That's part of the cost. And generally, it's the insurance company that pays it. So there's no, there's no incentive. Uh, the, you know, the insurance company wants to keep the cost down. Yep. So if you use less paint and you have open paint cans or whatever, uh, the Environmental Protection Agency wants to see that that paint is disposed of in a safe manner. So Correct. no one's passing along the cost except maybe the insurance company because they are the ones that are paying the bill and they don't like to pass along they like to keep the cost down our problem is we'll say to the insurance company you're not allowing us enough for paint materials and then we argue on behalf of the customer yep okay hey uh, you had to mention the insurance companies yeah. ladies and gentlemen if you don't know it this is information breaking news for everyone earl and i are ready for a straitjacket yeah. we're dealing with the insurance companies in our home we have a huge we had a huge flood okay um 877-960-9960 or texas 772-497-6530 uh rick i have a question from you uh from a texter uh that uh, i received and uh she says uh, flat tires happen all the time and uh i ideally in the perfect world uh you you change all four tires uh but that can't happen all the time can be hugely expensive yep what is your thoughts my opinion is if you have a flat tire that cannot be repaired and you have to replace it put that new tire to the back of the car uh if your other tires are relatively close in tread the, the matching tire on that axle you're totally safe to have one new tire with a slightly older tire however if you've got one tire that is like 430 seconds and you're putting a brand new tire with it you might want to consider just getting a pair of tires at that point great information always, always buy tires in two or four 
Very good. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, free information right here at Earl Stewart on Cars. Uh, we're so happy you tuned in. Hey, um, did anybody take a look at the uh, Wednesday, September 22nd uh, report on the Tundra? Toyota reveals redesigned 2022 Tundra pickup truck. How about you, Rick? Do you hear anything about it? I've looked into a little bit on it. Uh, it's going to be a turbo V6. And a hybrid. And a hybrid. Yeah. And it's supposed to be um, quite the beast. Uh, they're, they're doing away with V8s. They're going to get some incredible fuel economy, well, reasonable fuel economy. Uh, so it's really not talking the economy much on these. But the power. numbers they're well, talking it, for well, the, the torque the, and horsepower. Because <laughs> the economy, even on the hybrid, is still like 17 miles to the gallon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're talking a full-size truck. Hello? Right? And you're also talking about some incredible amounts of torque yeah. coming out of that system. Love the torque. Uh, right here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. Uh, we're going to go to Boynton Beach, and we're going to talk to Kathleen. And uh, I am so happy. Like, Kathleen is a first-time caller. Hi, Good Kathleen. morning. Welcome. Good morning. You just won yourself fifty dollars, Kathleen. Well, thank you. Thank you. Send me your contact information. I'll get that check out to you this afternoon. Email me. What okay. can we do for you? All right. Well, my, my daughter bought um, a 2015 Scion FRS um, in 2019, and she paid twelve thousand five hundred dollars for it from Mullinex Ford North North Palm Beach. <clears throat> At that time, she had an independent mechanic go over the car. She found nothing wrong, said it seems like a great car, so she bought it. Well, early this week, so it's less than two years, the engine went bad. And we took it over to um, the first mechanic said it's the valve. So we contacted, um, who was it, Palm Beach Toyota, since the Scion is a Toyota product. Mm -hmm. And they also said that, the engine needs to be replaced. This car is only six years old, you know? And so they want $8,000 to fix the engine. And she still owes $8,300 on the car. Oh, goodness. I know. And, and then we looked it up that there was a class action suit for the same issue, but it's only on the 2013 Scion FRS. And that the cars would just stop working or they'd catch fire. So my daughter's only 24 years old. And this is her fifth car that she's had trouble with over six, seven years. So she doesn't, we don't know what to do if we should. Boy, interesting. You got fix, our fix, attention. Fix that car. Yeah, my yeah, only thought, uh, Kathleen, is, my only thought is that uh, I would uh, ask who the mechanic was that carefully checked over your car. Uh, and uh, I'm not pointing any fingers, but you did exactly the right thing. You should, before you buy a car from a dealer, a used car, uh, you should take it to an independent mechanic that is trustworthy and that has knowledge and have them check the car over. Uh, if, the car, if the car was in good shape uh, six years ago, and uh, if it was driven and maintained according to the owner's manual, uh, it is uh, very surprising that you would have an engine that would blow up. So, uh, did anyone diagnose the, they say that it needs a new engine, did they say why? I think uh, Rick could uh, could probably come up with maybe what was the cause, if he knew what caused the engine to be replaced. Well, they did, I, at Palm Beach, uh, two mechanics 
checked it over um, this week. Uh, one at a AAA over on military in uh, uh, Lake Worth. And then he said the same thing. And then so he recommended we talk to Palm Beach Toyota, and their mechanics checked it over. And there were five mechanics looking at this car. I think because my daughter is so young and cute. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's a lot of reasons that you have to. A lot of reasons engines need to be replaced. So I think it was, uh, if you could get the specifics, if they did any kind of a written estimate with specifics, then maybe we could give you an intelligent comment. Kathleen, how many miles are on the car? 124,000. Okay. Uh, when your daughter bought it, how many miles did she have on it then when she first got it? 78,000. Okay, so she's gone about about 40,000 miles, so to give or take. And how often did she do the oil changes on it? Uh, she's very vigilant on taking care of everything on her car. She absolutely loves the car. Um, so I think two months ago she had an oil change. Okay. Um, my, my only concern is if, if the oil was changed regularly and the car is maintained, because the engine that's in, in that car is actually made by Subaru. And right. again, Subaru, their engines, they did have a couple of issues with some with the valves, but it was actually a uh, the valve springs. And mm -hmm. that was taken care of. So once that problem was solved, that was it. The, the engines were just incredible. They they rarely, if ever, had problems on them. So if she's got documented proof of, you know, proper service has been done, uh, yeah. I would try to find out just what's failing in the engine. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes things do break. You know, it just, it just yeah. sometimes there are, there are, you do get a bad one and the engine will fail at a younger age like that. 120,000 miles is pretty low for an engine to be going out like that. But, uh, Sometimes it does exactly. happen. Um, have they looked into the idea of getting you possibly a used engine? Uh, I don't know. We just we were just at um, Palm Beach Toyota yesterday, and what he said was it needs a short block. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Here's the estimate, and you know other things along with that. The um, um, Right, it, it gets it gets anyway. pretty expensive, but that's why the idea of maybe finding a uh, what's called a, a a used engine, but it's actually we're we're reclaiming parts from cars. Say a car got in a crash, and the engine's perfectly fine, is sitting at a, a salvage yard somewhere. These salvage yards they will sell these at a very reasonable price, uh, quite often even with like a one year warranty on it. That at least then you'd be able to get it for a much more reasonable price than eight thousand dollars just in parts. Yeah. It may well, be a, a better way to look at. They wanted only I think twenty five hundred for the engine, but then it was more than four thousand dollars for the um the work. Right, because what they're doing is they 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 want to sell you the short block. Yeah. Why don't you do and this? A huge amount of labor. Why, why don't you do this? Now, why don't you bring the car into my dealership and let us take a look okay. at it? Uh, what is your name? I, I missed your name again. It's Kathy Green. That's okay. Kathy, Kathy, Kathy Green. Yeah, and uh, we need your contact inf information uh -huh. anyway, right? So uh, you send that to us. But bring it in, and uh, uh, you, if you'll uh, 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 call for Rick Kearney. 
uh, when you uh, when you come in. So you want Rick to take a look at it. We'll take a look at it and uh, give you a, a verification of that diagnosis. And Kathleen. All right. Um, because we're yes. running out of time, I just want to ask you uh, one more question. Uh, has anyone else given you a price on this uh, debacle that's taking place with your vehicle? Have you taken it anywhere else besides Palm Beach Toyota? Well, the other one is a mechanic. Um, I think it's affordable auto. It's a AAA um, mechanic, and they're on military south of Hypoluxo. Uh, oh, great. Uh, and said the same thing he said anywhere from six to eight thousand yeah um it's a this situation really calls for uh knowledge and knowledge is power and i wish you an awful lot of luck an awful lot of luck on this situation um it is a situation uh that nobody really wants to be in so uh stay in touch with us uh send me your contact information and please uh bring that scion to the dealership and ask for rick okay have a All wonderful right, weekend. Will. You too. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. Okay. Uh, boy, where'd the time go? Hey, it's already time for the mystery shopping report. Well, I think we got some tops only 934. So. And uh, Rick. Uh, we fit in one more from Donovan? He says, this week, Rivian started production. Lucid will start production any week now. So, and these are uh, electric car manufacturers. Uh, so in 2022, <coughs> There will be, be at least two more direct-to-consumer auto <coughs> sales makers. Rivian is going to sell a lot of pickup trucks next year. How do the traditional auto dealers deal with losing possibly a few million sales over the next few years to the direct-to-consumer brands? Well, the, uh, uh, the volume that we're talking about with these additional manufacturers, even including including uh, Tesla. Tesla, by the way, builds more electric cars than all the other manufacturers combined. Uh, and even that amount is a drop in the bucket compared to the total demand for combustion engine cars. So uh, the uh, dealers of the world have got a lot to worry about in 10 or 20 years, but nothing to worry about in the next five or six years. So, uh, And they're all trying to get into the business too. And this is the reason we're seeing a, a major shakeup of the entire industry. And uh, I predicted before on the show, we will be losing some major manufacturers. The big guys like Volkswagen and Toyota uh, will survive. And uh, some, some won't, maybe General Motors, maybe Ford. Uh, it's become a whole new ball game. But we're looking at 10 years or 20 years in the future. Uh, electric cars, as exciting as they are and as fun as they are to drive. Uh, Nancy and I are driving a, a Tesla, as you know. Uh, they're great cars, but they're not going to be a lot of them on the highway for a while. Okay. Uh, we got any more text over this, too? Um, no more text. Well, we have a lot of text, but we'll catch up till next uh, Saturday. I think uh, we've encroached into mystery shopping territory. Oh, okay. Well, okay, we've got... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we'd love to hear from you on the Mystery Shopping Report, and uh, your vote is extremely important. So take advantage of that and uh, text us. Uh, at 772-497-6530 and uh, rate the Mystery Shopping Report from Smile Mazda of Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Okay, Smile Mazda of Greensburg, Pennsylvania. This week we bring you another very long distance mystery shop and the final chapter of our five-part Mazda dealership expose. We've never done this in the 20 years 
of this show, Mystery Shopping Reports, every week. Well, we've never done five of the same make in a row, and certainly not in different states. So we've gone from Florida to Tennessee to Pennsylvania. Uh, very exciting and very rewarding. And we talked earlier in the show, if you just tuned in, about getting this information to Mazda because they can look at five dealers in different locations in the country and see how different their way of retailing cars is. And uh, it's got to be of interest, you would think, to Mazda. Uh, by the way, I was the first Mazda dealer in the eastern United States in uh, 1970. Uh, we were the first, no, yeah, east of the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And this, this uh, dealership here, we found out, Nancy researched this, uh, was actually uh, founded in 1968. So uh, this uh, Greensburg, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, Smale Mazda, been around for a long, long time. So uh, who do we do? We, uh, and, and excuse me, their father um, was uh, in the automobile business in 1936. So uh, there's a lot of correlation here with you and this mystery shopping report as far as uh, the years that are similar. Okay, we shopped uh, Southern Palm Mazda, Mazda Palm Beach, Wallace Mazda of Stewart, Nelson Mazda of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and here we are in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Very cool. Uh, the good Mazda dealer uh, was the good, the good, <laughs> almost the only good dealer, period. But the good Mazda dealer was Nelson Mazda of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. These guys blew us away with their honesty, integrity, and cutting-edge sales practices. And we gave them an A. I mean, I had to re read the shop uh, when I, after I first read it another time. I said, I must be missing something here. But no, amazing job they did. Uh, in each case, Agent Lightning chose Mazda 3's uh, popular, uh, lower-priced, I guess, Mazda as her target vehicle. In each case, with the exception of Nelson, the Mazda dealer used the inventory crisis as justification to charge her many thousands of dollars of MSRP. Now, Nelson Mazda, the good guys, they charge right at MSRP. Right. And strange as it may sound, MSRP is not a bad price today. It's a good price in many cases. And uh, so they, they stuck uh, to the morals and ethics, uh, even though they could have charged a lot more. It wasn't just that they were charging a lot for hard-to-come-by vehicles, these other dealers. It was how they were doing it. They were packing the prices with worthless, overpriced and unwanted items and sneaking in large, bogus dealer fees. Well, all dealer fees are bogus, so uh, it's just... Uh, uh, it's it bad enough to charge a high price, but when you look a customer in the eye and say, look, shortage, high demand, low supply, this is the price. Uh, you might not like it, but if you don't buy the car, somebody else is going to buy it. At least that's being honest. But when you sneak the prices in after the fact, after the advertisement, that's where it really upsets us and should upset you too. Uh, until Nelson Mazda bucked the trend, we were ready to believe this bad behavior was all we could expect from any Mazda dealership. Were Mazda dealerships just bad? We'd already made a similar conclusion about Nissan dealers and discussed the reasons for this on the show. I mean, Nissan dealers, we found on the average, just are not pleasant places, partly because Nissan dealers are abused yeah. by Nissan. And, uh, you know, if you abuse somebody, they will abuse somebody it's else. It's the cycle of abuse. Yeah, exactly. But what Agent Lightning experienced in Tennessee forced us to rethink. Nelson Mazda not only refrained from overcharging, 
They used the True Blue one price, one person sales process. Uh, no F&I department or boxes, it's called, the vernacular. No sales manager. It was transparent and pressure-free. I mean, that's nice. I mean, can you imagine walking into a, a store like uh, Target and talking to a salesperson, and then you had to talk to two other people <laughs> or three other people before you could buy your product? That's the average dealership. We don't do that. At, uh, Nelson Mazda doesn't do that. Uh, so Agent Lightning traveled to the Pittsburgh area, uh, Latrobe to be exact, to see if Smail Mazda could redeem the greater Mazda dealer body. Now, uh, Pittsburgh area has got a lot of small towns. Greensburg uh, is one of them. And uh, there are a lot of other little towns around there. I think because Smail Mazda has been around so long, they may have identified uh, with Greensburg uh, before the, uh, the geography changed. The cities grew up around them because he's been around since 1968. 88. Uh, hmm? That's 88. I just uh, checked on the site. I oh. think, yeah, it's hard to read. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, when, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When was Mazda? When was Greensburg? Mazda, 1988. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I misread it. Okay, I read 1968, um, not to go over you, uh, but 1968, 1988, and then I went back, and then we got another date, 1936, yeah. uh, yeah. when uh, their fathers... Oh, yeah, they have, a, they have a large auto group. They added Mazda in, in 1988. Okay. okay. Remember, this show is about, we call it redemption, because we're trying to have an influence on the buying public out there uh, to... Uh, to recognize the dealers that are more pleasant in the way they retail you a car. And we're trying to persuade the dealers to recognize the customers will recognize them. And we're seeing a little change here. So uh, we get very, very happy when we find uh, dealers like Nelson and uh, Schmeil. Uh, I arrived at, I'm speaking the first person as a flight agent lightning, uh, and here's the report. I arrived at Schmeil Mazda in the late afternoon, entered the new car showroom. I looked around and saw that no one wore masks. I was the only one. Now, you know, I got my blood pressure went up when I read this this morning. Uh, but I guess I got to remember this is a show about cars. It's not a show about other things and COVID and uh, wearing masks and vaccinations. Uh, there could be, there should be another show on that. Okay. But I think it's wrong. When is it wrong, especially because Allegheny County has um, a very high uh, COVID rate right now? So yeah, yeah. It's so, going up. So we got to stick to what we know, and that's cars. And uh, so uh, we're not counting the, the mask wearing as part of the scoring. I feel like I should, but hey, what can I say? I was greeted by a man who asked what he could do for me. I told him that I was there to buy a new Monster 3. The man explained that he was currently in the middle of a sale, but he would get Lloyd to help me. Lloyd, who was seated nearby, heard his name, got up from his desk, walked over to me, offered his hand. I reluctantly shook it. I mean, whatever happened to the fist bump or the elbow bump, uh, you know, you would think, as uh, Stu just said, uh, that county has got extremely high COVID rates. Why would you want to be touching a stranger that wasn't wearing a mask? And the salesperson was not wearing a mask. But he stuck his hand out anyway. Uh, then, Lloyd led me back to the desk he came from. Lloyd spent some time getting my information entered into the computer. I gave him my cover story while he typed. I said I was in the process of moving back to Pennsylvania after a divorce. I had everything handled except a car and a Pennsylvania driver's license. I said I had an appointment at the Department of Motor Vehicles 
to get my license on Friday morning the next day. The thing I like about Agent Lightning is our cover stories are excellent. Yeah. I'm always surprised. I never know what I'm going to get. Yeah. <laughs> I told Lloyd that I'd settled on a, getting a Mazda 3. I said I had no luck finding a good deal while I was in Florida. I decided to pause my car search until I was resettled in Latrobe. Lloyd told me I'd selected a great car. He said they had exactly two in stock. Then he went on to explain all the shortages to me. All the same things I've heard from every dealer on every mystery shop in the last six months. I made the assumption this was a setup for the price gouging to come. And like, here it comes. Okay. We walked over to a red Mazda 3 in the showroom. I said it was, I said it was the color I wanted. The MSRP was $30,265. And there wasn't an addendum label. So that's pleasant surprise number one, really. I mean, no addendum label, at least in Florida and a lot of other states. They oh. all have addendum labels. Yeah. Jacking up the Monroney label price. Like Tennessee. Yeah. Lloyd went over the car with me and suggested that we test drive the other Mazda 3, which was parked outside. I told Lloyd that I'd driven so many Mazda 3s in the last months, couple of months, which is true. Uh, and she has. I mean, uh, uh, I have to ask uh, Agent Lightning if she really likes she the like car. It. She sure. No, she does like it. She knows said it's a great car, car yeah. Yeah. I would rather cut to the chase and see the deal he could come up with for me. I've, I've driven a bunch of them. Don't need to do it again. We sat back at the desk and discussed payment options. I told him I planned to pay outright in cash from my divorce settlement. Then Lloyd went to his manager to get the numbers. In six minutes, he was back with a worksheet. Now, wow, I mean, usually it's, 15 is the shortest yeah. average time I've seen. We had 30 minutes. Uh, 30 minutes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just not right to keep a customer waiting like that. Yeah. Well, that's why she times it. Like she, she will, yeah. she'll just check her watch and she gives us a yeah. precise thing. And it's also kind of funny that it's you know it's. Well, so you know, it, it goes back to old school. I mean, yeah. that's the way the car the business arrived. When I was getting in the business, that was part of the strategy: right. keep them there as long as you can. You wear them out. Wear them down. Don't give them their keys. Don't give them their driver's license. Keep them. Keep them. Finally, out of frustration. They buy a car. I mean, that's that's the insane, uh, cruel theory that this uh, the making the customer wait. Any other business, you don't want to make the customer wait. Anyway, uh, six minutes, great. The top line labeled market value selling price. Stand by was MSRP. Okay, thirty thousand six twenty-five. It wouldn't be okay any other time except during the COVID pandemic. But if you buy a car today at MSRP. You're getting a pretty good deal. The uh, uh, automotive news uh, story said that two thirds of the cars sold in the United States now are over MSRP. Hmm. Uh, and uh, they added to the uh, MSRP of $36.25 a $279 discount. Wow. And then they added back, unfortunately, a $394 dock fee, which is a uh, hidden fee, and they, it's, it's a dealer fee, and uh, it is what it is. Right. So effectively, they're $115 over MSRP. Yeah, yeah, which is, uh, which is chump change compared <laughs> to what the thousands of the average dealer's charging. So it's still a good price. Uh, don't like the dealer fee, never like dealer fees, even small dealer fees, but it is what it is, and all dealers do it virtually. I asked Lloyd if he could give me a better discount. He said the only thing he could do was to apply a loyalty rebate and I asked if I owned any other Mazdas. Now, 
other dealers would they've applied the loyalty rebate already in the fine print in, in the advertising price. and then they have to take it away from me in the advertised price yeah. but not so alas yeah so uh and of course i said uh i don't own one so i didn't get the discount uh which is again credit to uh, uh to um uh, spice monster I told him that his price and the whole experience was so much better than what I'd gotten from the Florida Mazda dealerships. Lloyd and I discussed when I could come back after getting my license. I told him I still needed to sleep on it before committing to a deal, and he said he understood. Lloyd walked me to the door. I said I'd be in touch, and uh, that's the story. It's, uh, it was just an honest, transparent, teeny-weeny dealer fee, no price gouging. Uh, the, 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 the big negative was no one wore masks, but you know, we're in the car retail recommendation business, and that's a, a different ballgame. So it's time for your votes, and i uh, love to hear what all of you think about this. Uh, I've got a, a vote in mind, and I think uh, most of us here have got a vote in mind. What is your vote? And let's start counting them. All right. I still don't have any grades coming in from, the, from our listeners yet. Um, but I will just, I, I, had, I had a, a vote in my, a grade in mine anyway. I'm thinking an A minus. Um, they can't get an A because of the dealer fee, in my mind. You can't get a straight A. But uh, A minus for me, I think they did a good job. Jonathan Wellington, uh, Wellington comes in and gives him a B minus. I says the dealer fee lost the A for him as well. So he's giving him a B minus. Okay. You got anything over there, Rick? So far, I've got just Mark from St. Louis, Mark Anderson with a B plus. Oh, here's Negan with a B plus. And Tim Gilliland with a B plus. And it looks like that's what we've got mm -hmm. so far. Oh, Wayne Veit coming in with an A. Ooh. Yep. So I'm gonna kind of follow the flow and give it the A minus kind of halfway in between them. Uh, oh. I agree with Stu, the dealer fee kind of is a little let down that they did slip that in, but uh, yeah. the rest of it, hey. Uh, Rico West, A minus, but he's making comment. He dropped it because of the no masks. Uh -huh. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. You make Mark's, mine a B. I'm lowering mine. Mark Smith with a B plus and Mark Ryan with an A minus. Refreshing that there are some good dealerships. Brian Sedlatko with a B. And that looks like our yeah. count for today for YouTube. Yeah, we got uh -huh. more coming in on Facebook. Linda gives them a B, Martha gives them a B, and then Robert gives them an A plus if they were in this market. <laughs> yeah, let, let me say this about their dealer fee of three hundred ninety-four dollars. Uh, the 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 hidden fee, the sin of the hidden fee, is not so much charging it, right. is hiding it. And when you hide it in an advertisement, for example, in Florida, it's actually against the law. But dealers do it anyway. Uh, they get away. They say, "Well, I'm not hiding it because they, they have it in the fine print." But that's you know that's silly. They're camouflaging it. They're hiding it. Um, in this case here, there was no advertisement, and so they she just said, simply goes, added it. What's the price? It. And he goes, "Here's, here's the, the price." price. Yeah. So uh, we don't like the dealer fee, but it's not a mortal sin until you hide it in the advertised price along with your other fees like the right. uh, nitrogen tires. Anytime you say you can buy a car in your Facebook ad, your uh, your uh, YouTube ad, or whatever uh, newspaper or television, and you say you can buy that price, and then when you come in, you find out that it's actually a thousand dollars or only three hundred ninety-four dollars higher. That's where the sin happens. Nancy, what are your scores well, looking uh, like? Uh, what a great dealership, uh, first of all, and uh, Bud, uh, his nickname, uh, passed away. The owner. 
passed away, I believe, in 2018. Uh, Stu can confirm that. Um, and uh, he received a, a uh, uh, what was it? Uh, he, he received a Lifetime Achievement Award uh, from the uh, Pennsylvania Automakers uh, Automotive Association. So uh, what a great family, family owned and operated. Uh, but I have to give them a B. And uh, the B is because of the, well, dealer fee and uh, no mess. And uh, that's my answer. That's my vote, B. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping mine at a B. I, but I do agree with you 100% on the dealer fee and how it's used. So in this case, it doesn't. Now, that's not to say we could have done another mystery shop of Smell Mazda with started with an advertisement that she found on that agent line found online and then it would be a different situation but yeah. uh so but i keep mine the same because i also had forgotten about the masks and um i'm not trying to preach to allegheny county but it's not a good time to go maskless <laughs> i i second that so what's the final grade there uh, i'm gonna give them an a i uh, i think uh i think they're so far ahead on the curve of any dealer uh other than murfreesboro uh, that uh, that uh, I would have to give them an A. I think uh, if they'd advertise the price, then it'd be a different story, and then pop the hidden fee in on top of it. Not only is it small, but it wasn't really hidden. It was disclosed to Agent Lightning uh, before she bought the car, and uh, before she was going to buy the car. And I'll say this about dealer fees too. Uh, dealer fees have been around since I started in the business. My father. Uh, and uh, when I came to work for him in 1968, had a $6.50 dealer fee. So uh, uh, it's, it's part of the culture and part of the way cars have been sold for over 50 years. And I'm not trying to make excuses because what they've done is they've really prostituted the dealer fee and turned it into a, an evil, deceptive thing. Uh, you know, you, a dealer fee that you see up front is one thing. A dealer fee that has grown to thousands of dollars. We have dealers in South Florida charging two and three thousand dollars in hidden fees. Not to mention the uh, dealer installed accessories, which are also uh, added after the fact, after the advertised price. So, dealer fees uh, is not such uh, such a sin as how you use it to deceive the customer. And I don't think that uh, Smythe Mazda was using their dealer fee to deceive the customer, Rick. Well, I've got one last one here. Uh, Cram1624 says, wait until she goes back to buy. So I guess he's taking the side of the devil's advocate, wondering if maybe they might slip, try something after, the, maybe in the box or something. Well, he raises a good point okay. because uh, I talk to Stu and Nancy about this all the time. You never know exactly what that price and what deception and what you're going to have to face until you actually <clears throat> buy the car. Go through the yeah. finance contract, go through the installment sales process, go through the product sales, until you uh, sign on the dotted line and drive that car off the lot. You never know what the price is. Some of the, some of the sneakiest, nastiest things happen in the finance department, and we don't get into the finance department that often, partly because uh, it's uh, you, we'd have to buy the car, and uh, and and if you buy the car, then you have to dispose of the car. And uh, we, we, we should do that. We can't do it every week because it would get too costly. Okay. But uh, it's uh, something we should do more of. Yeah. And we had more grades coming in. We had, uh, we had a husband and wife team, uh, Bob and Mrs. Bob, <laughs> disagreed. 
Bob gives him a B. Mrs. Bob gives him an A. So, uh, and Mark gives him a B plus. Oh, by the way, I wanted to make a clarification for Mark. Mark brought up something when we were talking about paint and materials, and I think it was misunderstood. He wasn't speaking about like the the the, the, the fee that's added at the end on the invoice. He's talking about how it's broken out on the on the estimate, and that is on the estimate and the price. So, paint materials is a, is a line item when you give a quote a body shop quote. So it's that's required what, by the insurance right. department. Uh, by yeah. the insurance company, right. and so the dealer, his uh, body shop, has got yeah. nothing to do with that. Yeah. It's up to the insurance. Right, but I'm saying, yeah, you know, like on a retail, if it did go through service, yeah. you would show them it would be broken down, paint materials, yeah. and all the other items alike. And the, the sin of the insurance company is they're trying to get the dealer to reduce the uh, cost, and they typically underallow on paint and materials. I've got one last quick question here from M. Fisher. He says, is shopping for a car using the Costco buying program still worth it? Absolutely. Uh, you're going to pay a high price, but it'll be the lowest high price that you'll pay. If your Costco program in today's inflated market will be high, but it'll be the lowest price in the market. That's right. Okay. So I th we're not all caught up, but we have some, some text and some anonymous feedback to get to next Saturday. Um, it's a great show. Where are, we, where, where are we going on time? We got two Okay, we ladies got two and gentlemen. Minutes. Yes, um, as Stu said, we'll get to those other texts and uh, anonymous feedback next week. Uh, to uh, all of you, thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. And we want to uh, thank you and, well, have a wonderful weekend. And uh, I hope that uh, we helped you in many ways with all the information from us and from our callers. See you next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>